This podcast is brought to you by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online at mslandbank.com where they understand the lay of the land. Mississippi Land Bank, whether it's farmland, recreational property, or building that dream home, that's where you need to start in North Mississippi. Trust me on that. It's Mississippi Land Bank, and again, mslandbank.com. Dogpile is also brought to you by Jubilation's Cheesecake in West Point. Hey, listen, next time you have a fundraiser going on, instead of the typical, think about cheesecakes. It's a great item to sell for your fundraiser. It's profitable. They'll even print your sales sheets for you. Give Jubilation's Cheesecake an opportunity to kind of show you what they can help you do with your next fundraiser. And visit them online at jubilations.com. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Out-recorded Omaha. Here comes the Bulldog baseball team. And here's a ball in the air. Deep in the outfield. Got a chance. Got a chance. Gone. Three-run homer. Back to me. Back to me. Back to me. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dogpile, episode two of this week in between Super Bulldog Weekend and Mississippi State's series at Arkansas. I am Brett Hudson, joined, as always, by Matt Wyatt, who last night called a pretty weird midweek <laughs> game. Not not the weirdest midweek game of, of the week. We'll, we'll touch on that momentarily, but Mississippi State beats Texas Southern. Five to one. They are now thirty-two and six, going off to Arkansas and what is actually a really important stretch of the schedule. As as I pointed out on on full count uh, quickly earlier in the week, uh, they go to Arkansas. Then they have Georgia at home. Georgia currently ten and five, tied with Mississippi State atop the SEC, and then two consecutive road series at Texas A and M and at Ole Miss. You may remember. State started off the uh, started off the SEC slate with two consecutive road series, Auburn, uh, two consecutive home series. After that, roadie at Florida, they had Auburn and LSU come to Duty Noble in in back to back weeks, and then three of four at home, mm-hmm. Auburn at home, LSU at home, at Tennessee, and then Alabama at home. So they've got to make up their road series somewhere, and this is it. They go to Arkansas, home versus Georgia, at Texas A and M, and at Ole Miss. Pretty important. Uh, stretch in the schedule but Mississippi State starts that after a five to one midweek win over Texas Southern you were on the call for that on SEC Network plus Matt was that was that weird enough for you was it was it high stakes enough for you (laughs) to get the the rare close midweek game you know this is kind of how I think a lot of times I judge the midweek stuff is number one any outcome in nine innings is pretty good We'll take oh, it yes. on, a, on a Tuesday night. If the outcome within nine innings is that state wins, that's even better. Yep. <laughs> uh, especially after, you know, a 20-inning ball game in Athens, Georgia last night. But, yep. um, yeah, I, you know, for me, Brad, I'll be honest with you, weird is not really how I would classify it. I'm going to go super baseball geek here, but, you know, State's undefeated in the midweek. There have been a lot of years 
when State had really good teams, SEC championship teams, Omaha teams, when not only was that not the case, they didn't lose any midweek games, they lost some, and they had some really ugly losses in the midweek games in those years also. It is an incredible accomplishment to be sitting there, what are they, 10-0 and 0 in the midweek? That so, sounds right. I can scroll like through that. it real quick. It, it is an unbelievable accomplishment, and all you have to do is just look around the country. The midweek stuff is just wild because you never really know for sure, um, you know, like what those other teams are putting on the mound and what their rotation is like. But you know that like a lot of these SEC teams and top 25 teams, they've got talented arms. They just haven't figured it out yet when they run out there in the midweek. You get walks, you get weird stuff like that, and the other team kind of treats it like a Super Bowl. You know, LSU losing to Southern in Baton yeah. Rouge. LSU losing last night to ULL in yep. Baton Rouge. It's 12-0 and 0 in the midweek, by the way. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And and so, okay, so it's 12-0, and 0, not 10-0. and 0. It's even more impressive. Uh, Duke baseball beating Texas Tech last night in the midweek. Big win for Duke. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's midweek baseball. Crazy stuff happens. Arkansas Little Rock earlier this year scored like 17 runs in a midweek game and beat Arkansas in Fayetteville. So you expect midweek losses and some ugly ones to happen at some point in the year. That's the weird thing to me, that it hasn't happened for State. Now, the game last night, here's what I thought, Brett. It's not just spinning it. It is – it really and truly, their kid on the mound last night, old Gwen, was really good. The kid was really good. And I was looking at his numbers coming into the game, and he was at 35 innings or something like that on the year coming in. It only walked 12. Okay, so you knew he wasn't a walk guy. And, you know, for the most part, in his outings, you knew he was throwing strikes, and you're going, well, what kind of stuff does he have? Well, frankly, it was last night. It was Ross Mitchell type stuff, very low mm-hmm. velocity, but super control, super off speed, and super movement to righties and lefties, and he just kept them off balance. State put the bat on the ball a lot in the game, hit it right at people. They hit into some double plays with run, you know, obviously with runners on base. So I just think it was. I, I don't. I actually came away. Again, I'm not trying to like outthink the room, but I just came away thinking it was a really good win on a night when you're playing a team that you're much better than, who puts a kid on the mound who was pretty dialed in, had really good stuff, and you figure out a way to win the game. Um, I thought it was a good win. Am I nuts? No, no. I think so. My deal with midweek games for teams. From conferences this good, which is basically just the eight, the SEC and the Big Twelve, right? Is that fair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, when you're when you're a team from that good of a conference that is also trying to host a regional or a super regional, that is when midweeks matter. That's when you got to win those games and keep your RPI as high as you possibly can. But for teams that kind of in the first five weeks of the year kind of regress or not regress, but just kind of put themselves outside of that top 16. And you're not trying to host a regional. You're just trying to make it to the NCAA tournament. Midweek games aren't going to get you there. It's, it's the games 
against the SEC competition, against the Big 12 competition. It's racking up 16 wins mm. in, in that conference tournament, in, in conference play, maybe winning a couple in your conference tournament. That's going to get you to the NCAA tournament. Once you're in that situation, midweeks, they don't really matter all that much. You would like to win them just to bump your win total up and, and keep your RPI from hurting from them. But for the most part, those midweek games don't matter a ton. And frankly, State has proven that over the last two years. Right, they've taken their fair share of strange midweek losses over the last two seasons, but they've still made the NCAA tournament just fine thanks to what they've done in SEC play. Mississippi State is not in that situation this year. They are trying to host a regional. They are trying to host a super regional. So these midweek games matter. That's why you saw them pitch Peyton Plumley so often in those midweek games, who, hello, has been a Saturday starter the last two weeks. Now he could be a Sunday starter this week, or I guess a Saturday starter this week. Cause it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Um, but that's why you saw them pitch a, a guy of that quality in those midweek games. Cause they needed to win those midweek games to accomplish what they hope to accomplish uh, come early June. And that's why these games matter. And that's why winning this game matters. Now the, the midweeks, they've only got two left. They're 12 and 0. And and these two are arguably the most important. Uh, obviously, Ole Miss, the the Governor's Cup game in Pearl, is the most important. There's a home game against Memphis. Now you could you could argue the the quality of of program there. Like maybe you maybe you think East Carolina or UAB, Southeastern Louisiana, having having better seasons right now. I'm actually pulling up Memphis as we speak to see what they've done. Let's see. Memphis is four and five in the American, seventeen and okay. seventeen overall. Okay, so yeah, I, I I'd fall on the side that ECU and maybe UAB are better than yeah than Memphis yeah. right now. Uh-huh. Point being, uh, the most important one is out is yet to be played for for Mississippi State. They're they've got Ole Miss in the Governor's Cup Governor's Cup after. Um, after this weekend series at, at Arkansas. So the most important one is yet to be played, but stacking these wins, they're going to be helpful come, come selection Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's, yeah, so come selection Monday because there are going to be Big 12 teams out there with a 18 and 12, 19 and 11 record that also have a couple of midweek losses that drop their RPI down 10, 15 spots that if Mississippi State does win the Governor's Cup game and they do beat Memphis in that midweek on May 8th in between the Texas A&M and Ole Miss series, those those two wins, finishing the, ser- this finishing the season at 14-0 in the midweek, that's going to help state's yeah. rpi and it's yeah. going to have them up in the rpi ahead of that big 12 team and and maybe that's the difference maybe that's the difference between seven and ten mm. thus maybe that's the difference between hosting a super regional and not yeah. hosting a super regional all these all these things matter and, and mississippi state is is getting the job done in that regard so so good on them uh, otherwise i didn't really have much else on yeah. on that midweek. I mean, Brandon Smith got the start, which which is good because it allows uh, Eric Sarantola to be available on the weekend for the first time in a while. And mm-hmm. for a staff like this who uses lineup by lineup matchups as much as this one seems to do, I'm assuming that was on purpose 
Right. Um, Egan James only threw 22 pitches, so he's available for the weekend. Jack Egan only threw 19. He's available. Colby White only threw 13. He's available. Jared Lebelt, 7. Tristan Barlow, 6. All of them are available. So you get you get a midweek win, and you have a, pretty much all of your important bullpen pieces available for for a high-stakes series at Arkansas. I think the, the day was won all the way around. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And the best part of the game was that um, there was a knock on the door in the broadcast booth. It was Abby. It was Abby Hunt. What's uh, up, Abby? What's up, Abby? From the basketball staff, and her yeah. mom and dad they um, they left field lounge at the baseball games. Todd and Melissa, yeah, Abby's I saw mom this on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so they were out there in the outfield last night cooking breakfast. They had pancakes and sausage. They were doing breakfast for dinner at the dude for mm. the midweek game. And so she brought sausage and pancakes and a brand-new bottle of syrup uh, to the broadcast booth, and that was the best part of the game. And I will admit, I will admit, I brought the pancakes and the syrup home and had them for breakfast. So thanks. I double-dipped Todd and Melissa and Abby. Thank you all. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Another <laughs> – that's that's fantastic. <laughs> Only things that happen at Mississippi yes, State right. Baseball. but. Another thing that I thought was important was Dustin Skelton only caught what one inning, maybe two in this game. How many did he catch? Uh, it was, I think it was one inning. I think he, you know, he came. No, it was two. I'm sorry, okay. he did. He caught two innings. So he only caught two, and I think that's important because he has started every game of the last four SEC series. He caught all three games. Of all, well, started. I know he's caught almost all of these, if not all of them. All three games of the Auburn series, all three games at LS of LSU, all three at Tennessee, and all three of Alabama. And in between the LSU and the Tennessee series, and in between the Tennessee and the Alabama, he also took the uh, the midweek start. Yeah. So uh-huh. if you're going to have this guy catch all three games of a weekend series, which seems more and more likely now that the primary backup candidate Marshall Gilbert is sliding into third base, you really need to give his legs a break every now and then. And, and the fact that uh, Luke Hancock was able to to handle most of the catching in, in this game, I thought that was important too. And it gives yeah. Dustin a chance to have something resembling fresh legs as the team makes that trip up to Fayetteville. Yeah. Well, it, it um, you know, whole staff, getting it done, get out of there with a win. That's the most important thing. It does not have yep. to look you know, pretty by any stretch. Jake got a hit, although the average dipped below 400 at the end of the night. But now what a he, peasant. What a peasant. Now he needs seven to tie, eight to break the SEC record. So just a matter yep. of time. Um, and you're right. Everybody's available for the weekend. So I think they're sitting pretty. Uh, it's going to be a tough trip this weekend. No, no question about it. But hey, before we – just real quick, Brett, I know before we uh, preview Arkansas for – you know, 10, 15 minutes or so. I just want to break real quick. Word from sponsors, Land Bank and Jubilations, and then we'll come back and talk hogs. We do more than make a living off the land in North Mississippi. We live for the land, too. We live for an early morning duck hunt, time spent in a deer stand, a day of fishing, and the outdoor life. For more than 100 years, Mississippi Land Bank has been a great hunting partner for recreational land lovers. By helping to finance the land they set their sights on, We know what a hunter loves and the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's where I stand. 
You can find Jubilation's Cheesecakes in North Mississippi Kroger's and in other stores, including locations throughout the Golden Triangle. Look for Jubilation's products and support great Bulldogs. You'll notice the quality and the flavor the second you take your first bite. And they make wonderful mail-order gifts as well. Check them out at jubilations.com or stop by and see them in West Point right on Highway 45. And we forge on ahead on Dogpile 2, a weekend series at Arkansas. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. The weather actually looks solid, so I I feel okay telling you the times and uh, broadcast information of these games. Thursday night, 8 o'clock, ESPNU. Friday night, 6.30, SEC Network Plus. Saturday, 2 o'clock, SEC Network Plus. You mentioned Jake Mangum needs seven hits to tie Eddie Furness's SEC career hits record eight to break it. And, you know, as much as I joked about it because I didn't think it would happen, we're actually getting dangerously close to Jake breaking that record against Ole Miss in his hometown. Mm -hmm. How just delicious irony would that be? Yeah, it'd be so much uh, fun. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, let me let me go sappy here just for like two minutes real quick, Brett. Do it. State of Mississippi loves college baseball, almost unlike any other state. But I, that might even be an understatement. It might not. You know, I need to say almost because when you look at, I would say, I would say, unlike any other. Okay, yes. so and and if you go like just look at attendance numbers per capita in this state, there is no other state that supports it like the people in Mississippi do in terms of attending games and all that per capita, and. There is an element of everybody in the state appreciates what Jake is doing. Now, Ole Miss and Southern Miss fans, they don't like it, and they'd sure rather it be happening to one of their kids. But the fact is, Jake is a Mississippi kid who went to high school here, and he's doing that, and there's a lot of appreciation for it. And I can promise you that there will be extra butts in seats if he stands one or two hits away from breaking that record going into that midweek in Pearl. Yeah. And there will be extra butts in the seats because of it. And if he were to do it there, everybody in the ballpark is going to stand up and cheer for him. Uh, I agree. And that'll be a neat moment. Now, it's everybody but Mike Bianco, probably. <laughs> right. Bianco is just dying to get that guy out of college baseball. Yeah. I, I, would, I would love to have been in Bianco's office when he found out <clears throat> during that Vandy Super Regional that – Jake was coming back for his senior year. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I would just love to have been a fly on the wall just to see what Bianco was doing, given the unspeakable things that Jake has done to Ole Miss over his career. We will get to Arkansas briefly. My last note on this, that whole scene in Pearl is very much possible because as we said, he needs seven to tie eight to break his hit total in the last three weekend series. LSU, he had five hits. Tennessee, he had six. Alabama, he had four. So, yes, in that Auburn series, he had seven. So, And in Florida, he had five. So it seems, I mean, nothing is unlikely for Jake Mangum, if we're being perfectly honest. But mm-hmm. getting eight in one weekend is going to be a heck of a trick. So it would be, it would just be amazing if he got six up in Fayetteville. And then two hits against Ole Miss, one to tie, one to break. Uh, it would just be a fantastic scene in, in Pearl. Yeah. Maybe we're lucky enough for 
for all the things to break our way and and make that happen. I would I would certainly appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, let's get to Arkansas. Let's shall do it. We? Let's do the it. The Razorbacks coming in after a, a pretty fun series uh, in Vandy at at Vandy uh, last weekend. Let me get a quick record on the on the Razorbacks here. Twenty seven and ten overall, nine and six in league play. They're part of that log jam in the SEC West for third uh, at the plate. Center fielder Dominic Fletcher hitting 313 against SEC teams. The right fielder Heston Kerstad hitting 303. The shortstop Casey Martin. He isn't hitting for average against SEC teams. He's hitting 254, but seven of those 17 hits have gone for extra bases. But have you heard of Matt Goodhart? No. Matt Wyatt? No. This dude is ridiculous. Check him out. He's the DH for Arkansas. Here's his line against SEC teams. 480, nine doubles and a triple in 24 hits for a slugging percentage of 700. Gracious. He's also drawn 10 walks in 14 games for an OBP of 574. This dude is the hottest hitter in the SEC right now. Arkansas DH, Matt Goodhart. Aren't those numbers just ridiculous? Yeah, the slugging is like sort of in the Brent Rooker atmosphere. Really? But, you know, without the home runs, it sounds like, but still extra base hits. And, yeah, you know they have great players there, and Van Horn, you know, is a great coach. They've got some good things on a resume. I mean, you have to if you've got an RPI of 7, a strength of schedule of 15, ranked in the top 25. They're only a game back of State. State sitting there at 10-5 and five in the SEC. Arkansas is 9-6. And, and I'm looking, you know, earlier in the year – when they swept Missouri in three low-scoring games to begin the SEC season, it was like, ho-hum, that's Missouri. Missouri's turned out to be a pretty good baseball team. You know, Missouri took two out of three from Ole Miss in yep. Columbia, took two out of three from LSU there. They're now ranked in the top 25 in a couple of the polls. So They're really, in the SEC East right now. Right, and and they can pitch it pretty well. They split in the midweek at Texas in two midweek games early on, but put mm-hmm. up, you know, significant runs in both. Uh, two out of three from Alabama, did double-digit runs in both their wins. And then they had that series loss. They favored, you know, in Fayetteville and then had the series loss to Ole Miss, where Ole Miss got it going in that series back at the end of March. Um, took two out of three from Auburn. Their their Auburn series, uh, it was on the road that Arkansas won it, and they back-ended it. It was very similar to Mississippi State's Auburn series, losing the first one and then you win the last two. Um, and then last week they were on the verge of being swept by Vanderbilt in Nashville, got beat three to two in the first game, close game, and then got whipped in game two, 12 to two. They come back and, and win a 14 to 12 Sunday game at Vanderbilt to salvage a game. And after that, Tim Corbin of Andy was pouting to the media and said, yeah, I should be fired for this. You know, it's like, yeah, whatever. I saw that. But, you know, again, looking at the resume, uh, good series wins. They took two out of three from La Tech, a pretty good Conference USA team in the non-conference. Uh, took two out of three from Southern Cal. They host uh, went out there, played them in three, and took two out of three. So resume's pretty good. Uh, in, in spite of what were low expectations for that Arkansas team coming out of last year because they lose their whole pitching staff, yeah. um, you know, or let's say whole staff, their starters off that team last year that was so good, but – so it is a good team, and it is a tough place to go play, according to everybody who's ever tried to do it. Yeah, I, I agree. And for those of you that are going to make the trip to to Fayetteville, uh, I'm confident we have listeners that are 
that are doing it. Apparently, the Saturday game is a retro sock giveaway. So if anyone wants to snag a pair of those socks and give them to me, I would greatly appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not above. I'm not above handouts here on <laughs> here on Dogpile. I'm I'm not above that. Uh, yeah. Arkansas pitching. Of course, they have a Friday night guy, Isaiah Campbell, but starting pitching behind him has been a serious, serious issue. Campbell has a 204 ERA and a 0.877 whip in five SEC starts, a 190 batting average allowed. But look at the numbers behind him. Cody Scroggins has a 458 ERA and a 256 batting average allowed in four SEC starts. Connor Nolan has an 804. ERA and a 333 batting average allowed in five SEC starts. That probably lends itself to some of the the big numbers you've seen uh, in this SEC schedule out of Arkansas, like that 12 to two loss to Vandy you mentioned in the uh, second game of that series. Uh, looking looking at the other big numbers, gave up 10 in a loss to Ole Miss to lose that series. Gave up 10 in a loss to Alabama, the only loss of of that series. So you can see some big numbers in there. SEC performance and, and a lack of starting pitching has been one of the biggest reasons why. Now, I, I will say this. They do have a solid bullpen. They have three guys that have yet to allow an earned run to an SEC team. Those guys are Elijah Trest, Marshall Denton, and Liam Henry, all of them over nine combined appearances in 10 and two-third combined innings. The SEC, the SEC stats suggest their go-to arm right now is probably Matt Cronin, but keep an eye on Kevin Copps, who had a good weekend last weekend against Vandy. He got the final out on Friday and pitched a scoreless inning in that crazy Sunday game. You mentioned that they won 14 to 12. So this this pitching staff is intriguing right now. They've got a Friday night guy, and they've got probably four or five bullpen pieces that they can depend on at any given point. But beyond that, it's a little bit of a dicey situation for for Arkansas. So if you can face an arm other than that group of six right there, you've, you've got a chance to put some runs on the Razorbacks. Yeah. And it's just a, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, having that weekend where the timely hits come around, Um, you know, and overall too, let me, you know, I'll, I'll lend my perspective to this whole thing, Brett, with where state sits right now, they are in really good shape to be a, a hosting team in yep. the NCAA tournament to host a regional without having to go out here and win every series that state has left. Um, okay. So for instance, you're at the number seven RPI team this weekend and state is themselves a number 10 RPI team. So you go to Arkansas, it's up there. Do you want to win the series on the road? Fantastic if you do. It's like icing if you get that second win in the series. But if you just go up there and pick up one game, I got news for you. Overall goals here, mission accomplished. It is. And, you, you know, Brett, <clears throat> a lot of times as fans, they want to look at every game and every series in a vacuum. But baseball is just not that way. Baseball does not live in a vacuum. And State has done such a good job to this point, halfway point of the conference season, and setting themselves up where they can now go to Arkansas and the pressure is really off. You know, you want to win, but if you drop two games at Arkansas, I hate to say it this way, but it's like, so what? 
if you pick up one <laughs> win at Arkansas, you're on track because of the way the road game stuff uh, awards you in the RPI and picking up one win there would award, reward you. You're going to have mm-hmm. neutral site with a good RPI old Miss team. You get three games at home, yeah, but versus a really good RPI team in Georgia. So, I you know I hope I yeah I hope State goes up there and sweeps it. If not, I hope they take two out of three. They're certainly capable of doing that. But if they don't, and it's and they they just manage to salvage a game somewhere, it's still fine. No, it, it makes all the sense in the world. It kind of goes back to the point I made from the Monday podcast this week, where from here on out, if State takes one out of all of its road series remaining and two out of all of its home series remaining, that puts it at seventeen and thirteen mm-hmm. in the league. Then all you got to do is let Jake Mangum refuse to lose to Ole Miss like he has for his entire career or take full advantage of that South Carolina series at the end of the season and maybe sweep it. And then you're up, you're creeping up into that 18 and 12, 19 and 11 range. That is that history shows is elite company and in SEC baseball. So uh, it, it sets the table for what should be a, a fun series and, and Fayetteville. Now, since we've kind of discussed the SEC race relative to, to Mississippi State going into the second half of, of the SEC, I think it's only right that we help educate the listener and, and prepare them for that with a week-by-week look at the SEC. So a quick word on the SEC as a whole this weekend. It's kind of a lackluster weekend for the title race for three contenders, LSU, A&M, and Vandy. They're all going against teams with a sub-500 league record. LSU has Florida, Texas A&M has South Carolina, and Vanderbilt has Alabama. I'm sure one of those series will go sideways. This is baseball after all, but it's one of those weekends where you don't really know what's interesting until the interesting is already happening. Yeah. Although I am interested in that Georgia-Missouri series, it's much more interesting now that Georgia had to cover 20 midweek innings mm-hmm. to beat Clemson on Tuesday night. The pitching situation for, for the SEC East Bulldogs ought to be pretty fascinating but really the two most intriguing series for me are involving the two in-state teams going on the road mississippi state going to arkansas and then ole miss going to auburn both of them are thursday friday saturday series it ought to be a an interesting weekend for for the in-state in-state teams yeah i agree yeah i agree it really should be and am i looking at this right it is an 8 p.m. Central Time first pitch Thursday night on ESPNU at Arkansas. Yep. yep, late night baseball, y'all. Late night baseball Thursday night. Series opener is televised on ESPNU. Um, and you'll have that Missouri versus Georgia game right before that on ESPNU on Thursday. And we're supposed right. to have, yeah, we're supposed to have bad weather around here on Thursday. I do know that. Oh yeah, so. I looked at I looked at Fayetteville this morning, and this is uh, what is today Wednesday? Yeah, this is Wednesday morning, and everything looks looks fine for for Fayetteville. So they should be good. they should be good to go this weekend. All right, good. Okay, well, um, Brett, you know I think we've kind of done our job there, and that is recap midweek. Look ahead to what's a really short turnaround. Uh, I'll give you a final thought. You give me one. My final thought is, you know, State's a better baseball team. I had a buddy of yep. mine that actually texted me this morning and said, I feel like State has a really good team, and the only people who don't 
realize it or admit that are a bunch of our fans. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> maybe other fan bases are that way. And I think they are to a degree. You know, you're always more critical of yourself. I mean, I think that's a good thing, mostly. But the fact is, wherever they play this, Starkville, Fayetteville, or on the moon, State's the better team this year. And if State plays the way they've been playing, they're probably going to win the series. Um, if they don't, though, it's just a no harm done. You just have to make sure you don't get swept in a road series like this because I got news for you. This is my final thought. Um, winning the SEC title in the regular season, great. Wonderful. If you do it, great. Is it the big goal? No. Winning the SEC tournament, great. Sure, that's great. Is that the big goal? No. The goal is hosting that postseason regional with a chance to host that super regional and giving yourself the clearest path to Omaha. That is the goal. And picking up one game at Arkansas, you're squarely in line with that goal. What's your last thought? Uh, I agree completely. By the way, uh, playing playing Arkansas on the moon would give Mississippi State an opportunity to retrieve that home run ball Dustin Skelton hit last <laughs> night. So, I would I would probably suggest that they probably need to go to the moon to get that ball back because I'm assuming their their supply of game balls is somewhat limited. <laughs> yeah, he hit that no, one a mile my, high. My my primary thought going into the series is it, it you kind of said it yourself, you're better than Arkansas, straight up. You got the pitching depth. You're you're just better than them. So hit. Hit just a little. Yep. And and you ought to be okay. Hit up to your season average and and all should go perfectly well. Definitely well enough to win at least one to hold the the pace that that I've set forth of of winning one every time you're on the road and winning two every time you're at home. Uh, if if the averages play out, State is more than good enough to to hold on to that pace, if not maybe beat it a little bit. Right. There you go. Well, good stuff as always, Brett. I'm excited um, because, I, I, you know, you get Thursday. You get baseball a day earlier. Everything kind of gets moved up, and then we'll have Easter Sunday. And uh, So excited to see how it goes. Appreciate you as always. Happy to help. It's Brett Hudson. I'm Matt Wyatt. This is Dogpile. Thanks to Mississippi Land Bank. Thanks to Jubilation's Cheesecake in West Point. And we'll see you next time. See you.